Tom Kisslingberry here. Nah, I'm just kidding. We don't have Tom Kissingberry money. It's just me, Peter Howard, and Jake Anderson meeting at the Dynasty Crossroads once a week for 30 minutes to talk about one player at a time. We look at the film with Jake, we talk about the analytics with me, and we try to come to a consensus. We do have a pretty cool theme song, though. Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grabs that tape. listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. It is time for another episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. that's Ryan McDowell, and with us this week is Matt Price once again. All three of us are on board for this episode. Matt, welcome back. Thanks, yeah. A week off in the mountains of Colorado, family vacation, whitewater rafting, all kinds of fun stuff. But uh, certainly missed you guys and missed out on the FF Expo, Ryan. Hope that was that was fun, too. Oh, man, yeah. That was that was a blast. Got to hang out with, with Eric Dickens, with a few other DLF folks, and, and meet a lot of great people from around the industry, a lot of our listeners, a lot of our, our supporters at DLF. And, yeah, it was it was a great time for sure. I put it yeah, on my calendar sp- for next year, so uh, I'm excited. Yeah, we all really should. It it sounds like it was a good time. You got to spend a lot of time with people in the fantasy industry. Those guys that most of those guys are doing uh, redraft content every single day, especially this time of the year. And our focus as dynasty managers right now, fellas, we we start. That redraft philosophy kind of bleeds into what we're doing, and we see that in rankings. We see that in our ADP over here at DLF, and we certainly uh, see that when we're looking at our dynasty rosters, right, Ryan? It's it's time where we're if you're like if you're like us, the guys that uh, that you hear every single week on this podcast, we set our lineups early in the off season. And that gives us a good idea of those guys where we should be trying to add and tinker with our lineups and and get guys in there that we can add to our flex and have for those bye weeks and those injury fill-ins. So right now we're we're focused in on a lot of these veterans, and that's what we're going to talk about this week, Ryan. So so when it comes to these veteran players that are out there, they're usually on the cheap which is our focus of this week's episode. What is what is your philosophy? Are you are you trying to find some of these guys on most of your teams that you're thinking you're going to be a contender on? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you hear it all offseason. Uh, pieces of advice like don't worry about your your wide receiver two in, in March or uh, don't – you said you were setting lineups, but a lot of people remind us that, that we are not setting lineups throughout the offseason – but this this is the time of year where we're a week into the preseason now. This is the time of year where you should be setting your week one lineups and looking for those uh, those veterans, usually because those are the players that are typically cheap in Dynasty, but those players that can really fill in those, those gaps, those holes at the last minute. We know typically what we've seen is these players, even even though they're basically uh, thrown thrown out on the the garbage pile in the off season. The closer we get to the regular season, uh, the more value they gain. We we've already seen that in our ADP, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, some of these vets that we'll hit on today, jumping two and three and four rounds just over the past month, uh, and and they're only going to get pricier. So. 
look at that week one lineup. Think about where the holes are and, and maybe go shopping for some of these players we talk about today. Yeah, we're going to try to highlight a handful of players that are, are on the scrap heap in most dynasty leagues, or at least low on the on the totem pole on the wish list of most dynasty managers. Matt, you're you're always an aggressive manager, and you try to compete every single year. You're also not afraid to add a veteran if you think it's going to add to your chances to go deep into the playoffs or potentially even get that championship. So what are you, what are you doing this time of year, or really throughout the offseason when it comes to veteran players? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we are on the the upslope of the veteran value curve, right? Like uh, leading up to the rookie draft, we see that veterans, they kind of get it forgotten about as everybody has rookie fever and, you know, maybe even second year prospect kind of fever where, where those guys are um, kind of increasing in value as we get towards the rookie draft. And then the veterans are the opposite. They kind of are decreasing in value. And then after the rookie draft and as we get close to the regular season, they, they start going up in price. So I think there's some exceptions to that. Like I, I don't necessarily want to buy uh, veteran running backs, you know, in, in February and March. Uh, I would certainly rather wait to, to make sure that those guys are at least going to be somewhat healthy before we get to the season. But, you know, the positions like quarterback and wide receivers, for example, you know, those are those are positions that I will typically rather buy uh, before those prices start coming up and we're going to talk about a couple of those guys that have have come up a little bit um, since even just last month and, and I think that's going to continue to happen as as teams continue to try to try, try to fill out the roster fill out their starting lineups uh, and things like that so certainly looking to buy um, but a lot of these players we're talking about today it's going to have to be the the right price you know so um, I think a lot of these are going to be going to be holds for most people unless they're they're teams that are just completely turning uh, the switch already to, to re- making sure they're rebuilding for, for 2021. So uh, it's going to be a good discussion. Yeah, and mo- most of these guys, like you said, are, are probably going to be holds and maybe will cost a little bit more than they did a month ago. But what's, what's nice right now, Matt, and you kind of alluded to it, everybody's still got the, the young player hype. You know, that, that hype train is really rolling through the dynasty space. And any young young piece that you can talk about can can fetch you uh, veterans and and players that you can plug into your starting lineup right away, even if they're real low third round type guys, future draft picks, and those are the types of guys we're going to try to highlight here. We we uh, we spent a little time trying to identify some of the veterans. We'll try to decide if these guys are are, are guys we're going to be actively going after and what we're going to be willing to offer a fellow dynasty manager to add them to our rosters let's start at the quarterback position we'll try to get to at least a few players from each position I think one of the best players to talk about in this exercise Matt is probably Aaron Rodgers 37 years old certainly qualifies as a veteran late in his career or at least we think late in his career Currently quarterback 12, according to Dynasty ADP, but our redraft brethren over there at uh, 4 for 4 Football that collect ADP from across the industry, they have him at quarterback 7. So uh, going a lot earlier, 55 in ADP, 106 in Dynasty. So we need to try to figure out, is Aaron Rodgers worth it? Just in the last month, he's gone up a couple of spots among quarterbacks from quarterback 14 to quarterback 12. So Matt, what are your thoughts when it comes to Rodgers? We've talked a lot about his off the field stuff, but now it's all about on field in Green Bay for at least one more year with all those weapons. Is he a guy we're targeting? 
Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, if we're there's another guy we're going to talk about in just a little bit, and Tom Brady. So if we're targeting quarterbacks that are seven years older than than Rodgers, you know, I think that Rodgers is certainly still a fine target. He's going to cost you, I think, more than a first, uh, maybe may closer to two firsts in, in super flex leagues at this point. Now that we know he's back in Green Bay, but there still is that uncertainty uh, about what his future is going to hold after 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 2021, right? We don't know if he's going to be back in Green Bay and what his situation is going to be like. But I think he's the kind of player that just like Brady, if he goes to a new team, as long as there are weapons there and, you know, Devonte Adams is nice. And we've got Amari Rogers and we got his old buddy, Randall Cobb back, but I, I you know, outside of the top player there and, and, and Devonte Adams, we're not super excited about the rest of these weapons. I don't think in terms of passing offense. So if he goes to a similar team where they have at least one solid weapon, I don't think uh, we should necessarily be scared off of Rogers for the next three to five years. So if I can get him at a reasonable price, definitely someone I'd still be targeting, especially in super flex leagues. I did pull up, uh, the trade finder uh, real quick for over at DLF. The most recent trade is actually one I, I think I would certainly do. Uh, you'd be sending off Carson Wentz and Michael Carter and getting back Aaron Rodgers and a throw in piece. In this case, it was Xavier Jones. Um, and, you know, to get the certainty of the upgrade from Wentz to Rodgers, uh, you know, you're giving up a little bit of a, a, a you know, a, a piece that people like in Michael Carter. But I think that's a big enough upgrade at quarterback to, to make that a reasonable deal for me. And that's exactly what I was just talking about. The the young player fever that's yep. going throughout Dynasty. You you put that name out there, Michael Carter, young running back. Everybody's after those running backs, particularly in leagues where you have to start two of them and you get the upgrade, right? So uh, Aaron Rodgers, Ryan, is not a guy that's uh, that anybody expects to be uh, gone or retire anytime soon, despite what what kind of happened over the last few months and, and maybe the news that retirement was an option, was on the table for Rodgers. He's going to be around for a while, and he seems to be, whether you're playing in super flex or single quarterback leagues, a guy that you can rely on, certainly a guy you want in your lineup every week in 2021. Yeah, I totally agree, and and I agree with Matt, despite the uncertainty when it comes to Rodgers uh, beyond 2021 as far as where he'll play I, I'm not too worried I mean he's he's uh, not only a quarterback that has um, one of the highest ceilings in the league from a fantasy standpoint he's also been maybe the most consistent and, and uh, you look back over his career of course he he uh, hung out on the bench for three years but since then every year that he's played at least 15 games he's been a top 10 quarterback and and uh, that's actually not fair. He's got he's got one QB ten season, two quarterback seven seasons, and every other year he's a top three guy. So we're talking about uh, eight top three finishes, including last year when he was the uh, the QB three, just putting up big numbers despite what was viewed as as kind of limited weapons and no wide receiver two. With the the moves they've made this year, you know. Fairly minimal, I guess you could say, Cobb and, and Amari Rogers. I, I think that I think that will help, and uh, I, I love the price on on Rogers, especially in a one quarterback league. I think he's an easy buy yeah. there. You might get him. Um, Matt was kind of talking about it. You might get him even for less than a first rounder, and, and he's a guy you plug in your lineup for the next two, three, four years at least. Yeah, I like that. I like him as a buy. Another guy that if you're looking for, I guess, a shorter window. 
It's probably who Matt just mentioned, Tom Brady, 44 years old, quarterback 19 in DLF's August, brand new August, Dynasty ADP. Over on the redraft side, 67 overall and quarterback 9. So expected to be a quarterback 1, Ryan, a guy that we can depend on every single week in the short term. But for the first time ever, Brady started talking about that R word, the retire. He can't play forever over the offseason. It is winding down, whether it's this year or next. There's a limited, limited window, limited shelf life when it comes to Tom Brady on your dynasty roster and in your starting lineup. So how willing are, should we be to plug him in as a cheap quarterback one? Yeah, I think I think Brady, from a fantasy standpoint, uh, not just dynasty, but really fantasy uh, in general, kind of kind of lost a little bit of his luster there late in his time with New England, and uh, you know he's kind of falling out of that QB one range. He was more of a, a high end quarterback too, but uh, that that totally changed last year. I mean, the best uh, the, the best weapons he's had in ten or fifteen years probably with that trio of wide receivers in Tampa Bay plus his buddy Gronk. So. Uh, I really feel like he can run it back again this year. One of his top five years uh, from a fantasy production standpoint that he's had in his entire career was last year. He was the the QB8. So, yeah, like I said, I, I think we just see pretty much the same thing again this year. Obviously, it's, it's a one- or two-year deal for Brady, but uh, the price reflects that. Yeah, and again, just pulling up some trades from the trade finder, really reasonable deals for for Brady as well. Uh, Brady for Darnold and a 2023 second. I mean, there's there's some argument, I think, that Brady has, if he plays two years and Darnold has a bag year, that Brady has more startable seasons left in him. Uh, Brady for Kyle Trask in two seconds. I mean, these are all these are all deals that I think are reasonable to make. Dom, Tom Brady for a single second in a two-quarterback league. Uh, so the two, actually, it was the 2021, the 2.03 this season. Uh, so all of these deals, I think, are reasonable if you need a quarterback. And, and some of these players, again, like, we're we're treating Brady year to year, but he could easily play two to three more seasons and and uh, far outproduce whatever price it is you're paying for him right now. And that Sam Darnold trade, I mean, you're just getting a little bit more security. I think even for this season, uh, we saw PJ Walker last uh, last week in the first week of the preseason game for the Panthers play pretty decently. And some people we saw were maybe there is some uh, a quarterback uh, controversy there, not a controversy so to speak. It's probably going to be Darnold, but maybe at some point Darnold stinks it up. Uh, he could lose that job. So uh, those kind of offers, those kind of deals can get you a little bit of security, especially if you're a contender right now for at least this season, if not, you know, two or three more seasons. Another name that would probably come up for most when considering veteran quarterbacks that probably have more value in redraft than we do in dynasty is Matthew Stafford moving from Detroit to the Rams now, better offense, better weapons, just still 33 years old, Matt. And Dynasty ADP, again, August Dynasty ADP, has him at quarterback 17. The redraft community, a lot higher on him, expecting quarterback one numbers, quarterback 10 overall. So Stafford is another guy that we can add at a little bit of a discount if you're looking, if you're willing to take on the veteran in a new space. 
Yeah, multiple instances of, of Stafford going for a single first, uh, single 22 first in, 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 um, in, in Superflex League. So another guy, like obviously if I'm going to pay that price of a single first uh, for a guy like Stafford, or excuse me, for a guy like Brady, I'd be willing to do it for a guy like Stafford even more so. He's, somehow Stafford is 11 years younger than Tom Brady, so uh, you're getting even more security there. And there is a little bit of you know uncertainty, I guess, with this offense, uh, him coming over to L.A., uh, with Sean, uh, excuse me, with uh, uh, Sean McVay, and uh, but I think we all expect him him to do well. Outside of Calvin Johnson, he's going to have the best set of weapons he's ever had in his career, right? So uh, if I can get Matthew Stafford for a single first, and I, I'd probably honestly be willing to spend spend uh, two firsts if I was really in a spot where I was uh, a, a favorite uh, with the rest of my roster if I needed to get that solid quarterback two option. And again, he's going to play at, at least three to five more years. Then I would say that's maybe conservative, uh, especially if he's able to take down a Super Bowl here in the next next year or two. Like that, that just seems like he's going to want to play even more knowing the kind of guy that Stafford is and the kind of competitor he is. And if he's on a good team, uh, why wouldn't he want to keep playing? So another very safe ad uh, in, in one or quarterback leagues and especially super flex leagues, I think. Yeah, Matt, you mentioned the uncertainty with Stafford with moving to this new offense. And uh, I'm feeling that a little bit too. I, I don't look at Stafford as quite the, the slam dunk that Brady and Rogers are from, from a short-term perspective. Uh, he has fallen off a little bit the past three years, a, a quarterback 20 finish, quarterback 15 finish. But I, I don't know, maybe he's on that Brady path of uh, where we had seen him fall off due to the, the decline in, in overall weapons. And as you mentioned, now now that's not going to be an issue with, with Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that running game. But uh, I'm, I'm certainly excited to see him uh, in this new offense and and honestly, from a dynasty standpoint, I think I would prefer Stafford even to Rodgers. So when you factor in that that value gap, quarterback twelve versus quarterback seventeen, I like buying uh, I like buying Stafford uh, in, in both redraft and dynasty. It does make a lot of sense. You, you mentioned the concerns with the Rams. Uh, another concern is that that defense. It's one of the best in the league. They're gonna they're gonna try to try to hold teams back and that may may create an a, a Sean McVay running game and short passing game a little bit more of a game manager potentially for Matthew Stafford in the very very short term uh considering just this year I, I think that Rams defense might be a negative um but again if that if that running game isn't as strong as they maybe intended if Akers were healthy then uh, perhaps Stafford will have to make up for that with his arm. We'll see how that all shakes out. It's an interesting, something absolutely worth watching. I'm looking forward to seeing how that Rams offense really plays throughout the season. Let's transition over to the running backs, guys. There there are a handful of veterans, and you know, with the quarterbacks, we talk about 33-year-old Stafford, 37-year-old Rodgers, and even a 44-year-old Brady. But when you're targeting aging uh running backs it's rare that they even hit 30 years old let's start with mike davis he's 28 ryan and running back 31 in dynasty adp at 90 overall in redraft 60 overall and running back 23 so we can potentially pay rb3 prices in dynasty for a low-end rb2 are we willing to buy 
We are not. Uh, I am not. Yeah, that's a I am real short-term window here, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think we're, we are looking at Davis as just a, a, a one-year option. I would be surprised if he gives us anything uh, of real value or real production in 2022 and beyond. And, uh, I mean, that's, that's probably going to be the story for most of these players we talk about today. But Davis is the one that is, is going to cost you a top 100 dynasty pick. If you're talking about trades, uh, Matt probably has some for us in a moment. But, uh, I mean, potentially a late first or an early second or maybe a younger prospect. And I'm just not willing to pay that uh, for a guy like Mike Davis who – not only is it a one-year window, I'm not even sure it's a one-year window. I mean, last year could could certainly prove to be a fluke. And even looking at last year's numbers, uh, we really like what we saw at the end of the season because he finished as a top 12 running back. But uh, when, when you break it down and look at the numbers, so inconsistent, um, it, it, it was up and down with Mike Davis, which is really kind of what we probably should have expected from a, from a backup running back. Uh, so I'm out on Davis at this price. Matt, how about you? I just don't think that the price I'd be willing to pay is a price that's going to get him. You know, like he seems like the epitome of a hold to me. I, if I was a really bad team, I might consider selling him for a second. But if I'm like, you know, on the edge of competing or a strong contender and I have have Davis or I'm trying to acquire Davis, like I feel like I would pay a second round pick. But is that really going to get him? I just don't think so, unless he's on a, just on a really bad team who's completely set on, on rebuilding this season. So he's probably going to be a hold a hold for me in most cases. And I might might try to buy, but it would have to be a team where. I already have two strong options and I'm bringing him in to be a third, you know, to flex play on, on weeks where I don't have a stronger option or, you know, that, that, that bye week injury fill in for my top two guys. I certainly wouldn't be caught, uh, wouldn't be acquiring him if I was counting on him to be my running back two and certainly not my running back one uh, for the season in, in, in a dynasty setup. Uh, and Dan, I think you threw, maybe even Ryan too, threw a little bit of shade on Quadri Allison last season, or excuse me, last week, but he was uh, stated to be the, the true backup to um, to Mike Davis and much younger guy. I think he's 23, 24, something like that. So if I can go get Allison for basically free and not pay a second for Mike Davis, I might take a, take that bet that direction. I'll just sell Mike Davis for the second. I'll, I'll take my second round pick or, or some player that was drafted in the second round this year or last year, somebody that I like. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not buying. I'm, I'm not in on on Davis being a long-term asset, even if you just look at this season for perspective, it's 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 unlikely to happen for 17 weeks for Mike Davis, in my so, opinion. Someone sent Juju Smith-Schuster to get Mike Davis. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Uh, earlier earlier this month. So, <laughs> somebody's, somebody sent Mike Williams. I guess that's not as bad, but I think no, I probably it is. still want Mike No, that's Williams. pretty bad. It's not as bad as Juju, but it's still bad. Uh, Le'Veon Bell and a second, 22 second for Mike Davis. I'll take uh, Bell in a second. <laughs> Bell, Bell might outscore Mike Davis, and he's not oh, really good. Wait so you, a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> you got yeah, so, too far. Let's I mean, get, just, just move on. Come on. Too far. Too far for sure. A second How about is, we jump over yeah. to Raheem Mostert? He's 29 years old, and uh, in Dynasty, Matt, he, is, he comes in at 104 overall, 
running back 36. Over on the redraft side, 78 overall, running back 29. Uh, A guy that certainly in spurts throughout his career, at least with the 49ers over the last couple of years, has has really carried dynasty managers, redraft managers as well. Uh, If he's the guy out of that backfield to start off the season, which is logical, it could happen, he could, he could be in line for a pretty nice season, but that 49ers running back core seems to rotate through week in and week out. There's a guy on IR. There's a guy missing the game every single week, and most are sure to be that guy from time to time. So how willing are we to invest in Raheem Mostert considering the cheap, relatively cheap price tag? Uh, zero, even less than Davis, to be honest with you. Mostly, I mean, if I have him on my roster, I'm happy to start him while he, you know, is quote unquote, the guy, if he ever is, it it ever gets, you know, 70%, 60% of the workload. We just haven't really seen that over the last few seasons in, in San Francisco. And you have a highly drafted rookie, uh, sitting right behind him, that's just an, an extra scary situation, I think. So he's a hold probably if I'm a contender, and he's my running back three or running back four, and I can use him at the start. Uh, but otherwise, there, I don't think there's any chance I'm buying buying him. He's going to cost you probably a second-round pick too, and I'd be even less likely to pay that for uh, Mostert than I would be for Davis. If you can get him for a third, I mean, sure, I guess, why not? But uh, not anything higher than that. I think he's a guy who's – ADP is, is very different from his trade value. Absolutely. When I look at his ADP, again, he is 104 overall, RB36. I look at the players being drafted in that range. We're talking about a player we already mentioned, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Tony Pollard, Logan Thomas, Mike Williams, Will Fuller, Justin Fields, Irv Smith, Henry Ruggs. I want all of those guys easily over uh, over Raheem Mostert. Luckily, we're kind of focused more on trade value, who you can maybe go get. And I do think Mostert is is cheaper than that ADP would represent. Uh, I think you could get him for for maybe less than a second. Maybe that's maybe that means um, you know you're you're getting a, a another piece back in that deal, or I don't know. I, I think he could he could be cheaper even than than that early second. Um, so kind of Matt, kind of like you said, I, I don't mind investing. I don't mind having him on my team. You just can't count on him. That's the tough thing. And, and we always have to worry about injury with him. Now we also have to worry about Trey Sermon. Yeah, and maybe not just Trey Sermon. That depth chart is is full of guys that can be productive in short stretches. So again, if I can get a second for Raheem Mostert, I'm probably doing that deal unless I really, really need him. But let's be honest, guys. If you really need Mike Davis or you really need Raheem Mostert, are are you really a contender? Probably May, not. Maybe if maybe uh, if we're talking like the end of the season, like towards the playoffs, like and you've just you know you've through attrition well, you've lost some guys. Yeah, maybe at that point, that's but, a different conversation. That's absolutely. one we can have in three months, right? Or yeah. in two and a half months. When we know how Raheem Mostert has looked or Mike Davis has looked, have they established themselves? Are they holding on to the job? Are they putting up those RB2 numbers? At this point, there's too much of a guessing game and, and way too many red flags to just assume that Mike Davis and Raheem Mostert are going to be your RB2 for an entire season. I, I think that there's, there's one situation, and that's as if some of the leagues we play on where you're required to start one of each position and then the rest are flex. I mean, if you have a, a just a simply stacked wide receiver room and you're going to start six or seven of them every single week and you're starting, you're rolling out Mike Davis to fill your one running back spot. I mean, I could see, or even Raheem Mostert, I guess, for part of the season, I could see that. But largely, no, you're not. You should not consider yourself a strong contender in those scenarios. 
Um, how about we jump over to Melvin Gordon, uh, 31 years old, another rookie running back incoming and looks awfully good. Javante looks like the real deal. If you watched any of that Broncos preseason game, uh, Gordon 115 overall in dynasty running back 38 over on the redraft side, 87 overall running back 31. So those guys, Ryan are, are depending on, uh, Melvin Gordon as a flex or a third running back. I it, it's it's a sketchy situation at best when it comes to Gordon and, and investing in a 31 year old running back does not seem like a good dynasty uh, dynasty philosophy to follow. No, it, it really doesn't. Um, I mean, the good thing about Gordon here and his value, his value, his price, his ADP, everything has dropped so much throughout this offseason. Obviously, that's uh, mostly due to the. Uh, the, the draft pick of Javante Williams. But I think at this point uh, in Dynasty, Gordon is at a price that we we can take a shot on him. Um, as you mentioned, RB38. Uh, I mean, behind a guy, behind Raheem Mostert, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm surprised that he's fallen that far, that fast. I, I don't mind Gordon. I'd rather have Gordon than Mostert and, and maybe even rather have him than Mike Davis. Yeah, I mentioned that he's 31. That I, I added a couple of years onto him. He's only <laughs> he's about to turn 29, so uh, not quite that old. It's all it's Matt, all the same you once you're over 28. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Matt, how about you? Yeah, I, I'm with Ryan. I, he's of all the guys on this list. I think I would rather still invest in him. I know Williams is there, uh, but Melvin Gordon was not really that terrible last year. He was, if, if you're talking about from a season long standpoint, he was the running back 14, just barely outside of the, the running back one range from a points per game standpoint. He was more like running back 24. Uh, so, you know, if, 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 if Williams comes out and just takes his job, then, you know, you're going to, you're certainly going to lose out. Uh, but there's always the chance that, you know, some other team needs a running back and they, Williams takes over and then they let, they let Gordon walk for, uh, for some deal that it's going to help another team. Right. So, uh, I, am not as afraid of, 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 of Gordon as the other guys we've talked about, at least from uh, a standpoint of, you know, going forward from this year, I think just the name value alone is going to have him in the mix, uh, whether it's, you know, not necessarily the lead back in the committee or something like that, but I think he's going to have some production for us, not only this season, but, you know, at least one, one more season, maybe two more seasons. Um, so if I was going to spend a second round pick on any of the guys we've talked about so far, it would be Gordon. And I'm not even sure you necessarily uh, I would have to pay that kind of like what we we're talking about with Mostert. So if I could get Gordon for two thirds, uh, you know, or a second straight up, and I needed a running back three type, then I, I think I would be more willing to invest in him than either Mostert or Davis. Yeah, I'm all right with investing in Gordon as well because of of the things that we've seen in the past. He's established himself around the goal line. He can carve out a role that way. He's also a pretty good pass catcher. He could have a role in that part of the game. So even if he's a supplementary player or becomes that down the road later this season or even beyond this year, as you suggested there, Matt, there is fantasy production that goes along with those roles. Uh, There's a couple of guys in Tampa Bay, and one of them maybe doesn't doesn't fit the age requirement. That's Leonard Fournette. It feels like he's been around for for a while, fellas. He's only 26 years old, comes in at 101 uh, overall in our Dynasty ADP, running back 35. Over on the redraft side, real close, 88 overall and 32 among running backs. Also, his new teammate, Giovanni Bernard, got a little run the other night, 29 years old, running back 57, Ryan, while on the redraft side, he's 54. 
Tampa Bay as a whole is tough to really navigate, tough to figure out in that backfield. There's going to be different roles for sure. We've seen that with Bruce Arians in other spaces as well. Uh, Unless he has that truly elite guy, there isn't a truly elite running back for the Buccaneers right now. So we have to try to dissect and, and come up with who we're going to depend on as dynasty managers. It could be Bernard. He's really cheap. Running back 57, it might be Fournette again, as he was last year at running back 35. Is there a guy in Tampa Bay that you're willing to invest in if you're looking for that running back three type? Yeah, it's 100% Gio Bernard. Uh, I think we saw Fournette really turn into a a pretty solid pass catcher uh, late last season as, as Tampa Bay made that, uh, made that Super Bowl run. And honestly, I think part of that was just... Uh, just by default, right? They didn't. They didn't have a Gio Bernard type. Now they do. Now they've got that that James White that Brady had in New England, and and really this backfield is kind of becoming a New England situation where there's uh, three guys that are are fantasy relevant. It's going to be a tough, not only a tough decision right now which one we want. It's going to be tough week to week. Uh, but obviously Gio is the one with some PPR upside. And when you add in that he's also the cheapest and and really by far the cheapest, it becomes an easy call for me. Yeah, uh, if I have to pick one of them, it would be Bernard. I think he's going to cost you about a third round pick. There's several instances of that happening in the trade finder. There's also one, one of the safe leagues. Uh, there is an instance of Bernard getting traded for 100% of the blind bidding dollars for a year. So you don't even have to give up a draft pick in that scenario. Uh, Fournette's going to cost you a second round pick. And I do think that the risk reward at that price for Fournette is, is, is probably worth it. Because if, Ber- if Bernard isn't as involved as we uh, as we think he's probably going to be, if he doesn't take that James Wright kind of rule, then then Fournette uh, you know, could certainly take take everything. Um, but there are other guys there too. You know, Obviously, Ronald Jones is still kicking around Keyshawn Vaughn. So other players in that backfield, but I do think a second round pick is like the kind of the perfect price for four net right, right now if you wanted to take a shot. Uh, but for me, if I'm picking between them, it's Bernard for a third easily. Yeah, it certainly feels that way. What what kind of muddies the water down there in Tampa Bay is Ronald Jones is still hanging around. Yeah. He comes in at 98 in our ADP, running back 32. Uh, along with Fournette and Bernard, I agree with you guys. Bernard's the guy, particularly if it's full eighty or, or full PPR. Uh, in a standard league, it's it's kind of too messy to mess with. Maybe maybe you add Bernard because you know running backs catching the ball out of the backfield, those yards count too. He has the opportunity to score on those those catches around the goal line, but uh, it's it's a little bit too murky in a standard league to really invest in any of these Buccaneers, in my opinion. Uh, let's let's go to some pass catchers, guys, because there's a handful of guys that are all 30 or older that, especially when you compare the Dynasty ADP to the redraft ADP, you're going to see a, a big difference. Uh, and it starts at the top. Relatively high, it's Julio Jones. He's wide receiver 16 in redraft, 40 overall. When you jump over to Dynasty ADP, it's 69 overall. Wide receiver 32. So he goes down 16 full spots, Ryan. What are your thoughts on Julio? Because at age 32, now in a new offense with a different quarterback, different coach, another elite wide receiver next to him, there's there's a lot of uh, factors to, to weigh before deciding whether Julio Jones is one guy that we're willing to target and pay still a regular, relatively high price in Dynasty. Yeah, he's just way too high. He's way too high in Dynasty. Way too high. At this point, 
Um, we know the injuries are a concern. I mean, even even his supporters are basically admitting already that you can't expect to get a full season out of him. And I don't want to jump ahead too far, but we're going to talk about Antonio Brown in a moment, who is uh, several rounds late, uh, several rounds uh, later in ADP, and uh, I think they're a close comparison as far as who I would rather have on my dynasty team moving forward. Factor in that ADP difference, wide receiver 32 versus wide receiver 54, it's no comparison. That's really where uh, really where Julio Jones should be. or Actually, probably somewhere in the middle. Antonio Brown's undervalued at this point. So they should both be maybe in the wide receiver 45 range. In dynasty, obviously. Yeah. And and Matt, the the price on Julio Jones, it, I still see it. He, you're paying wide receiver three prices, and clearly when he's on the field, we're expecting maybe even wide receiver one type of numbers. Uh, Tannehill's certainly a good quarterback. That offense with the play action, Julio is going to just feast uh, because of Derrick Henry's running game. But you know the the short term window of what Julio Jones can give you. Considering the price that Ryan was talking about, it, it just seems ridiculous. Well, I, I think this is another player that does, where the trade value doesn't match up with the ADP. I think sure. from a draft standpoint, yeah, I'm probably not taking Julio, a 32-year-old wide receiver in the uh, the sixth round, you know, right? But it, from a trade standpoint, multiple instances, again, in the trade finder, all recent of, of going for a second-round pick. 2.04 in 2021, Michael Carter straight up for Julio Jones, uh, a second and se- two seconds, uh, one in 22 and one in 23, Darius Slayton and a oh, – that's not a good one. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I, thought it said for, I thought it said fourth round pick, but it says Darius Slayton and a first round pick. That's Ooh. not a good one. Uh, so I don't know. I think he is a reasonable trade target. And uh, several years ago, I wrote a, 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 an article series at DLF called The Rolled Strategy, WR Old. Uh, and that's, that's basically what this is. We're going to talk about all these guys in this list, but you can build a, a sustainable wide receiver core from these old cheap guys – uh, that are going to produce in one to two year windows for you. So from from a trade standpoint for Julio, I don't I I, I don't mind paying a second round pick, in tw- especially in twenty twenty two for someone like that. But I'm certainly not paying that price in a startup. Yeah, I don't I don't think a second gets Julio Jones though. Uh, it doesn't feel like it. Does it? Oh, I argue think with it does. the trade finder. Argue with the trade finder because he there's yeah, lots it, of instances. Man, the people that have Julio Jones on their roster, they like Julio Jones in the leagues that I play in. It feels like so. I guess I can get on board with that if it fits your team. But, you know, I, I was looking over our ADP, and the guys around him are, are guys like Jerry Judy and Devonta Smith and, and Jalen Waddell and Rashad Bateman. And I, I know what you're saying where ADP and, and trade value don't add up. Those guys are first-round picks. Yeah. And, you know, so something doesn't add up to me. It feels like the Julio manager in your league is a huge Julio fan, most likely. Uh, how about Adam Thielen, another 30-year-old wide receiver? He comes in at 78 overall in Dynasty ADP and 38 among wide receivers. In redraft, he's at 49 in wide receiver 20. So again, Matt, we're expecting wide receiver two numbers at the very least, I would say, and uh, only have to pay wide receiver four prices in this case. couple years younger, has the same kind of reputation as a as a playmaker, scored double-digit touchdowns just last year, has an, another elite wide receiver in that offense a good running game everything kind of lines up for Thielen to have one or two more big time seasons potentially even back up back end wide receiver one type seasons are we willing to invest in this guy 
I think again, it's it's about the same price, and from a trade standpoint, it's going to cost you a second round pick and another another play, another older wide receiver that if you have a hole in your starting lineup that you can go out and get fairly cheaply. I do think we're going to see, you know, I don't think we're going to see fourteen touchdowns again from Adam Thielen in, in twenty twenty one. So I don't think that's going to happen. He was just under, oh, I guess about nine hundred twenty five yards last season. I think that's about the right range. So if we're talking nine hundred yards and let's even say half of those touchdowns, six to seven touchdowns, I think that can that could be okay for a second round pick but if I can get Julio Jones for a second as well like I I know that there's a big ages if you're a couple of your age difference there I think I'd probably rather go get Julio if I have to pay uh that same price and and I think that that same thing will go for Antonio Brown and maybe a couple other guys we're talking about on this list so uh you know I don't mind the price tag but I think you just have to look around and see what else you can get for the same price if you can't get Julio for a second and you still need a wide receiver sure go get Adam Thielen for a second See, I feel like there's a chance you can get Thielen for a second, but Julio, I, it, trying to get into that that other dynasty manager's frame of mind, it, it seems unlikely to be, but but you guys would know better than me. Dan, let me, let me remind you that you and I, on a team that we managed together, were offered Julio Jones for a second round pick and turned it down. Well, just because <laughs> I said you can't get it doesn't mean I wouldn't do it, you know, or, or should do it, or vice versa. I, I, you're right. I, it's obviously it roster happens. dependent, but yeah, like right. that's just exactly. an example. Exactly. Like, exactly. I, well, yeah. I mean, back back to Thielen, and I don't want to base everything on Julio Jones, but I can't believe he's behind. <laughs> I can't believe he's behind Julio in ADP. I, I totally disagree with Matt. I would much really? rather have Thielen. And I mean, looking at this ADP, I, I guess I've kind of. I don't know. For me, Adam Thielen has maybe fallen through the cracks a little bit this offseason. Not a player I've, I've really spent much time thinking about or, or, or studying or anything, but the ADP is, is staring me in the face now as wide receiver 38. He's been a top 10 wide receiver three of the past four years. Matt, I agree with you. Some of those touchdowns are going to shift over to Justin Jefferson. We've talked about him despite his crazy productive season from a year ago. Uh, didn't have that many touchdowns in, in comparison to his uh, yardage and, and his, his his overall production. So I, I do think some of those will shift. We can expect a, a step back for Thielen, but for that price range of a second or, or a startup ADP of uh, 78 overall, he's got to be one of the, the biggest buys in Dynasty right now. Yeah, I really completely agree with that go ahead Matt. I just think that he that that finish that you talked about from last season three of the last four seasons like that I mean this season was last season was propped up completely by those touchdowns that the yardage just wasn't there the targets were down we haven't seen um, more than that 108 targets uh, since since 2018 at this point that was his big breakout well that's not his breakout season but his second his really his second big season uh back in 2018 and you know 2019 was obviously a little bit injury plagued only only played 10 games and then last season again propped up by those touchdowns but if we think that Jefferson's going to continue to take a step forward you know I just I don't I don't know I think I think I think you can make a case for him over Julio but I'm still taking Julio over Thielen at this point yeah, I, you mentioned his numbers being propped up by those touchdowns. He he scored in all but five games last year, guys. He was he was very consistent when it came to finding the end zone. Multiple two touchdown games, in fact, four of them throughout the season, and really only busted a couple times. There were a couple three for twenty seven, two for thirty eight games. Other than that, there were some nine nine catches for eighty yards when he when he didn't catch a catch a touchdown. So there, he was he was productive throughout 
throughout the season, finished as a wide receiver one in both half PPR and full PPR leagues. And I know the, the touchdowns likely won't be 14, but I wouldn't be surprised if he flirts with double digits once again. And that's going to keep him in the top 15 among wide receivers. I think there's a chance that maybe even redraft ADP. I mentioned it before, 49 overall, wide receiver 20. That might even be low for Adam Thielen. So I like what you said there, Ryan. He's slipping through the cracks. Uh, We don't want our friends over at Monkey Knife Fight to slip through the cracks. We got to talk about them. I'm so glad that we are once again teamed up with MKF, the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world. Instead of spending your time building elaborate salary cap rosters or competing against professional players, you can explore unique, fun, easy to play games like more or less knockout Kings, Eagle Eye, Gold, Goal Rush, or Touchdown Dance. Play any of the major sports such as the NFL, NBA, NHL, and MLB, as well as UFC, NASCAR, golf, soccer, and various college sports without competing against the Sharks. Right now, you can open a new Monkey Knife Fight account, make an initial deposit, and get a full year of DLF Premium for free. On top of that, if you use the promo code DLF, Monkey Knife Fight will match that deposit 100%, doubling your initial funds. Simply log on to DynastyLeagueFootball.com, click the image for Monkey Knife Fight, and follow the instructions to get started today and get that free DLF subscription. Let's talk about Antonio Brown, Ryan. You mentioned him before. He's 33, wide receiver 54 in DLF, dynasty ADP at 116 overall, up at 96 overall in redraft at wide receiver 40. I think that might be a little bit low. You 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 maybe elaborate on that a little bit more if you want to. Even wide receiver 40, that offense is going to keep slinging it. We can. There's a good chance we can expect wide receiver three numbers at a minimum from Antonio Brown in an offense with Tom Brady coming off the season that they came off last year. Remember, he would, he didn't come on till late last year, and when he did, came on like gangbusters. We were using him in our lineups last season. He's back again. What are your thoughts on A.B.? I think he's totally undervalued, as I kind of alluded to before. Uh, the wide receiver 40 ADP in redraft is a little better, Dan, like you said, but still maybe leaving a little meat on the bone there. He played eight games last year. What I thought was really interesting, it's, it's easy to look at his numbers. I wanted to look and see what he did to Mike Evans specifically. Uh, when In the, the first eight games of the season, Mike Evans was averaging just over 17 fantasy points per game that dropped to 13 and a half when AB joined the fold. And uh, I mean, the, the, the relationship between Brown and Brady is, is pretty well documented at this point. He clearly likes throwing to his guys, whether that's Gronk in the red zone or whether it's Antonio Brown all over the field. So uh, in, in the short term, I think this is not great news for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And again, Antonio Brown's an easy buy at this price, whether we're talking trade or or startup ADP. Brown's last three weeks in Tampa Bay of the regular season last year, five for 93 in a score, four for 35 in a score, 11 for 136 and two touchdowns. Matt, if you're adding a wide receiver, one of these veterans at a discount, is Antonio Brown the obvious choice? Absolutely. And Ryan mentioned the the price. I mean, you look at the trade finder and it's just littered with just like head scratchers like Antonio Brown for two twenty twenty second two twenty two third round picks. Uh, Antonio Brown for Eno Benjamin and Philip Lindsay. 
Antonio Brown for a single third round pick, Antonio Brown for a 2023 third round pick, and Antonio Gandy Golden. I mean, it's just, it seems like an absolute no brainer. If, if you go out and off, if, I mean, if you really just want to get the deal done, we were just talking about offering a second for Thielen and Jones. I bet if you went and sent a second offer for a second to Antonio Brown owner right now, and he's not like just like the top you know, top, top three kind of contender in that league and isn't counting on him, you're going to get that deal done. So absolutely. I think Antonio Brown might be the biggest buy of this entire uh, exercise that we're doing today. Brown averaged 7.8 targets per game last year. Godwin 7.0, Evans 6.8. So a big, like you said, Ryan, he, he's got the eye of Tom Brady. And who has the eye of Tom Brady as a guy we want in our lineups in Dynasty or Redraft? How about Marvin Jones? 31 years old and super cheap, Matt. 140 overall in Dynasty, 118 in Redraft. Wide receiver 61 in Dynasty, wide receiver 50 in Redraft. He played the other night with Jacksonville. A young quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, had was targeting Marvin Jones. Looked like there might be a connection there. He might rely on the veteran. There, there could be some wide receiver three type potential when it comes to Marvin Jones in Jacksonville. In fact, he may be the wide receiver to have in your lineups down there this season. Yeah, and a third round pick gets him. And, and I mean, just imagine a world right. where just imagine a world where you have two stud running backs. You know, Christian McCaffrey throw in whoever you want as the second one, but your wide receivers are a little little messed up. You know, you don't you're not quite there yet. But go throw a second round pick to get Adam Thielen, a third round pick to get Antonio Brown, another third round pick to get Marvin Jones. Now it doesn't feel great on paper for a dynasty team, but that's a team you can compete with if you're studded out everywhere else. So Marvin Jones, I think, is probably going to lead that team in targets. Uh, I think I, I you know we have questions about DJ Chark after he had one good season the last season was a disappointment and now it seems like Ermin Meyer does not like him very much I love LaVisca Chenault uh, but Marvin Jones is the veteran coming in he's the only real veteran true veteran receiver on that and he's going to be able to not only teach those young guys about what's going on but is going to be a security blanket kind of threat I think for Trevor Lawrence so easy buy for a third round pick on Marvin Jones Totally agree. Once again, uh, from week 10 on last year, Marvin Jones was the wide receiver seven. Uh, Mm. So pretty impressive. We're talking about almost half the season uh, that he was putting up monster numbers. He, he has always been that, that type of receiver that, uh, that, that is streaky, that is hot. He'll put up that, that three touchdown game. He gets one every year. It seems like so. um, not a guy that I want to be my wide receiver one or two. He's that wide receiver three or flex guy because you know he's gonna he's gonna throw some some clunkers in there and and those have been tough to project year over year. But again, you cannot argue with the price. And if that's what you need, if you need if you need a flex, if you need uh, even just that depth wide receiver, maybe maybe you're not planning on starting him early in the season. Uh, just just using him for depth and and insurance. I would not be surprised if he was a wide receiver too and is the most productive wide receiver in fantasy this season in Jacksonville. LaVisca Chenault, wide receiver 33 in Dynasty. DJ Chark, wide receiver 36 in Dynasty. And Marvin Jones all the way down there, as I said, at wide receiver 70. Could be the steal of your startup if you still have that coming up. Uh, Let's talk about, well, you know, guys, there, there are a handful of other wide receivers that we could mention. Let's just 
kind of jumble them all together. T.Y. Hilton, 31 years old, wide receiver 71 in Dynasty, wide receiver 54 in Redraft. Emmanuel Sanders, 34 years old, now in Buffalo, wide receiver 85 in Dynasty, 58 in Redraft. That seems like that could be a little bit high. Uh, And then A.J. Green, 33 years old, wide receiver 72 in Dynasty, wide receiver 62 in redraft. So let's talk about all these guys. Green is one of the guys that that really moved up. He was wide receiver 91 last month and all the way up to 72 this month, Ryan. Out of these three guys, is there somebody that you're targeting? Is there somebody that you're happy to give up for a third round pick or whatever you can get? What What's the scoop with these three? Yeah, we were, we were getting a little deep with our wide receiver love. Go go buy Thielen and Brown and, and Marvin Jones, but it, it kind of ends here. Uh, I, I'm just I'm done with with T.Y. Hilton and A.J. Green. I, I really don't want any part of them. Um, despite the the offense that Green is now a part of in Arizona, we think of that as as a high powered offense. It really wasn't, honestly, last year. Maybe that changes this year, but. Uh, I think he's the the third option there at best and uh, another guy that we're worried about his health. So I'm out on green, out on Hilton, the quarterback situation, the offense in general, uh, I have concerns with. Manny Sanders, the cheapest of the three, he's the one I want. How about you, Matt? Anybody here you want? Yeah, I agree with Ryan. If it's going to be one of them, it's going to be Sanders. I I love T.Y. Hilton as a player, but now with the quarterback situation in question, like I just, I just, I don't know. I I think I'm completely out on him and green. I've, yeah, I, I was trying to kind of hold the hold the torch for him earlier this season when we were doing mock drafts, uh, drafting him in like the twentieth round of our, our DLF startup mocks. But uh, I just don't see it now, especially with Rondell Moore there. And he, I don't really see what um, he offers that DeAndre Hopkins doesn't. So why are you going to target Green over Hopkins? Uh, I just, I just don't see it. I traded AJ Green just the night before KJ Hamler caught his caught his long touchdown straight up for KJ Hamler. So Ooh. that's maybe why I wanted to talk about AJ Brown. Nice a- or a- excuse me, AJ Green <laughs> again. Oh, I do that so often. A uh, couple tight ends worth talking about. Let's get right to them. Ryan Jared Cook, the first one that we we need to mention. Thirty four years old. You've talked about him multiple times this off season that. You know, if he if he latches on, he's probably going to latch on somewhere that he can be useful. That certainly happened with the Chargers. Tight end 26 at 203 overall in Dynasty. Tight end 19, 146 overall in redraft. So there's there's a little bit of upside, certainly, with the young quarterback and the offense that expected to be pretty good. And uh, a, a, honestly, an offensive line that has... In, gotten a lot better over the last couple of years. Jared Cook could kind of maneuver his way into being that big red zone threat and potentially being that guy that we can plug into our lineups and and maybe get low-end tight end one numbers. Uh, yeah, Jared, Jared Cook just keeps hanging on, keeps finding elite quarterbacks to to be paired with, and uh, sometimes it's worked and sometimes it, it hasn't. You you guys remember the Green Bay experiment. But um, in, in this case, I think it's good news for Jared Cook uh, and, and really for Justin Herbert as well. Um, and outside of the top 200, it, it's it's a pretty easy investment to make. Yeah, almost free for Jared Cook, Matt. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I kind of want to believe in Donald Parham or Trey McKitty, but they did 
bring in Jared Cook, right? So you presume that he's going to be the the lead lead uh, guy there at the tight end position for Los Angeles. So I definitely don't mind buying him. He probably probably get him for an early third round pick, late second, something like that. And if you really need a tight end, I guess you could go that way. I just think there are so many players uh, around him and a little bit above him that don't cost that much more. Uh, and you get a little bit more long-term security. So I, I can see buying him. I think he's in a great offense. I think he's going to be just fine this season, maybe even low tight end one numbers. Um, but I think there are other guys I would rather invest in for about the same price. Yeah, we, we mentioned that a lot of time these veterans are moving up in ADP. Jared Cook actually moved down from 182 down to 203 over the last month. So people are forgetting about Jared Cook, but he's a guy that certainly will have tight end one weeks on the on the weeks that he scores touchdowns, of course. The last guy we should talk about here, Matt, is Rob Gronkowski, another Buccaneer worth mentioning. Another aging guy, 32 years old, of course, 167 overall in tight end, 22 in ADP uh, from, from DLF, Dynasty ADP. And then on the redraft side, 115 overall. So 50 picks higher and uh, eight spots higher among tight ends at tight end 14. Rob Gronkowski seems like he's going to be another guy that we can we can get tight end one numbers out of a lot of weeks, and he's relatively cheap still. Yeah, I just – I mean, you're count, this is true about a lot of tight ends in this range and even some – quite a bit higher than him but if you're if you're going to plan on starting Rob Gronkowski you're hoping for a touchdown or one of those mega two touchdown games that he he sometimes has at this point in his career right but you have to think about it he's in the passing game he's probably he's the fourth option at best and maybe the fifth if you want to throw Gio or one of the other running backs in there so he's literally going to be a dart throw every week you're going to be you know I think one or two catches for less than 50 yards in in most weeks Uh, and then the weeks that you get the touchdown you'll be happy but otherwise again if I'm going to pay you know, around the same price, I would rather have Cook, who is, like you said, about 40 spots uh, cheaper in ADP. So I, I think I'm probably out on Gronk. If I have him on my roster, I'm happy to hold him. But if anybody wants to come 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 buying him from me for anything more than a third round pick, then I'll, I'd, I'd take it. I'd get out. I'd rather have Cook, too. But I think you're underselling a little bit the season that Gronk had last year. He had, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, he did have seven games as a tight end one. Uh, Only, uh, I believe, eight players had more than that. So, again, we're talking low-end, tight end one numbers uh, overall, but but still pretty impressive for for his age and and for his role in that offense where really he is going to be – he's going to be the fourth option at best in the passing game. And he did catch those seven touchdowns last season, all later in the year. Remember, he he was not a factor the first few weeks. So from week six on, caught seven touchdowns, had most of his, in fact, 37 of his catches and, and just over 500 yards in that stretch as well. So came on came on better as the season went on, got more comfortable in Tampa Bay. I expect him to have a similar season as last year, but a little bit more consistent without that slow start and potentially pick up on the numbers. 45 for 623 and 7. That could be 50-plus for 708 touchdowns this year, and that makes him a tight end one. At those prices, Gronk doesn't seem like such a bad investment. That's going to do it for this week's episode, guys. We're we're buying these veterans. We're, we're trying to pay this cheap price, of course. Anything else we're doing as the preseason plays out and we're starting to think about setting those week one lineups, Ryan? We're just praying that our our stud players don't get hurt. That's really what we're doing, mostly. 
Yeah, that's good. Some of the coaches are helping us out that's with true. that by not, by keeping those guys off the field. But we are seeing uh, some some of the bigger names. I saw Clyde Edwards-Alaire get carries the other day and, and thought to myself, oh, boy, we can't have that, uh, especially for those of us that invested in him last year. Matt, anything for you? I, I would just say, you know, this was really mostly uh, buying veterans for contending teams. But at this point in the offseason, if you – you know, if you're a middle of the pack team or worse and don't think you have really a path to or towards competing, this is the time when those competing teams are looking to buy players like this and get their lineups uh, and their rosters set for the season. So it's a great opportunity for 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 rebuilders as well to get to get out on those players that are not going to help you uh, really the rest of their careers. Right. So be looking for those opportunities too on those teams that aren't necessarily competing in 2021. The only thing I might add to that, Matt, is that. If you have a guy like Julio or Thielen or Antonio Brown, really any of these guys, and they have that that kind of upside, you may get more closer to the trade deadline in week six, seven, eight, nine, ten, when Thielen has eight touchdowns and and somebody really needs that guy to put him over the top. True, true but also I don't want those points on my roster or making my draft picks worse sure. for for next. And season. you run the risk of Thielen going down to injury and, then and you're, getting nothing, and then you get course. nothing. Yeah. All right, so week one of the preseason is in the books. We are we are chugging closer and closer to week one of the regular season. Can't wait to do that. I hope you stick with us throughout the rest of the preseason and into the regular season here on the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you again next week.